Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have another interview for you and with me is Miguel Ribeiro, a Portuguese entrepreneur. Hey Miguel. Hello. Hello Tiago. How are you? Thank you for the invitation. No, thank you for accepting the invitation. I'm super excited to speak with you. The story how I met you is actually quite interesting. I was browsing through LinkedIn and I found about your company, a startup, Portuguese startup called Shirmi. And uh, yeah, I got super excited about it and uh, we spoke about it. I, we even considered the possibility of me joining the team. But back then, since I really wanted to start this entrepreneurial journey, end up uh, not working out. But I was always super interested in, in actually learning about your growth. And uh, yeah, I would first uh, ask you, Miguel, to introduce yourself uh, to the listeners. Who is Miguel? So I'm Miguel Ribeiro. Um, I am founder and CEO of uh, ShareMe.com. And ShareMe is a discovery, booking, and payments platform for all well-being and, um, and beauty services. Uh, we want to make a, a revolution of how people book, find, or find and book and pay their services and get cash back uh, each time that they do that. Uh, so, so that's that's what we're doing. Um, I also, it's not my first startup. I launched in 2009 the first um, table management system in Portugal. It was called Best Tables. It was sold to TripAdvisor in 2013. And then I joined an Indian company called Zomato um, in the very beginning of, uh, of the company and uh, launched the first uh, European office and all the the other um, European countries that uh, Zomato launched. So I was head of growth for Europe and South uh, South America. So that gave us a little bit of of uh, background and um, and trust that we could do something on our own uh, again here in Portugal. Yeah, that's, that's an, an amazing uh, pedigree and. Uh, an amazing backlog you already have there. Uh, and um, I guess today what I would like to speak with you is more about the journey of Shirmi, uh, the, the startup that you, that you just also spoke about. But I mean, we can always go back also to your, your experience with Best Tables and with, uh, with Zomato, uh, because I think there's so much that the listeners here, the other what entrepreneurs can uh, can learn from you it's it, we cannot talk about share me without talking about the other uh, the other uh, projects that i've been into yeah because in the end it's everything you learn that uh, from before right that brought you where you are and and uh, i guess now you are much more prepared for a startup uh, so if if you compare your your first startup right which was the best tables yeah to to now, starting Cheermi, do you see like a big difference on how ready you are? I think we're never ready for for anything, and uh, it, it was not. Uh, I think we're never ready to launch a startup. We we think we are. We think we know uh, yeah. a lot more. We have a different experiences, and I think uh, we apply them in a different way. Um, I think the path that got us here will help us in the future for sure. Uh, but all it's always different uh, stages of the business. It's always th different markets. It's always different uh, uh, challenges that we have 
uh, mm-hmm. come by. So we launched Sheer Me in the middle of a, a pandemic crisis so yeah. uh, that I never had experienced before. So we cannot predict what is coming next. So yeah. um, so I think it's um, each challenge is a new challenge and uh, we have to prepare for it in the best way that we can. I guess th- that's absolutely true. But even before we start speaking about Sheer Me, I want to I understand this. Why? I mean, you add everything. So, so Zomato, it's it's a, an Indian company, right? But it's super it's, it's super famous, and you you you're the kind of the representative of Europe and other uh, countries. Yeah. Why why did you have this need to you know leave everything and start something new? I think all of us have a little bit of entrepreneurs in our, in us, uh, and uh, despite. Uh, being in Zomato for seven years, I did. I think I did a little bit of everything. You know, launching a country, going, um, launching different offices across Europe, uh, across the globe, uh, implementing businesses across different markets and and in cultures. I think that gave me a lot of knowledge. It was one of the best experience. It was. I think it was the best experience that I had till today. Uh, working in Zomato, adapting to different cultures, and and working mm-hmm. with amazing people that are still there and others launch their own companies. So it got to a point that um, I, I did a little bit of everything at Zomato. So I needed something of my own. And right. uh, I saw the opportunity in the, the wellness and, uh, and beauty sectors because there's no diffused brand out there that is as known as Zomato or uh the fork or other companies that work in food tech. So if you if you're hungry, you know where to get your food delivered from or yeah. where to book your restaurant. Or if you want to go traveling, you know that you have Trivago, you have booking.com, you have other uh, platforms that can serve you. For the beauty and wellness sectors, you don't have that that many um, those many options and there's no diffused one saying okay, this is the one so I believe there's there's a lot to be done here. So how did this idea first pop popped up in your in your head? You're working in Zomato, and how did it came to be? So I, I have this idea since 2016, 15, 16, something like that, okay. uh, because um, we, we were we were launching. Uh, this was uh, I was launching um, Italy with uh, with uh, Zomato at the time. And um, I started noticing that um, what we were doing was applicable in other areas of business. And um, so Zomato has a, a concept of feet on the street. It has a content team that goes out in the streets and they list everything that is out there. So every cafe, every restaurant, every place that you can eat or drink. And what I've noticed when I was with the content teams on the streets was that in each corner you have... One restaurant, one cafe, one barbershop, and one hairdresser, and maybe some massage place. So the number of listings for the the restaurant area is very similar to the number of listings in the beauty and wellness sectors. So the, the potential of the business is very similar. And I started saying, okay, if I know so much about the food tech, food tech uh, implementation, how to implement this business in the food tech area, if there's so much potential in the wellness and beauty sectors, 
why not create something for this sector because the they these guys are, are also very analog they understand the importance of digital but they haven't made the transition yet so i, I can see that you, you started getting very excited about about this idea and um so tell me it this was 2016 but you only started cheer me when was it thousand uh, yeah last year 2020 2020 so f- for these four years the idea was growing in your head. So, so tell me, what were the first things you did? So you got the idea. Did you do some market analysis? How, how did it go? So we didn't, have a, we didn't have much time for anything because Zomato takes... Well, Zomato is not a job. It's a lifestyle. And we love that. Uh, you know, and, and once you're there, you're all in and you don't have any time for anything else. But it was always in my head. So I, I never developed the idea as a project, but the idea was in back burner on my head. So it was there, but it was not, uh, I was not developing it. Um, November 2019 was the moment that I think I decided that it was the time for me to take the step. And it was time for me to take the step because I've done a little bit of everything in Zomato. Um, I I saw that a crisis was coming. We didn't know what was coming. And uh, people, I started noticing that people um, understood that their immune system was not made of steel. You know, Mm -hmm. they started noticing that, okay, something, some disease, some viruses is coming here. I'm not 100%. My immune system is not 100%. I should have taken care of myself in the past. So I, I, I thought to myself that this was the perfect time to, um, to jump in and, 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 uh, and grab this business. So right. I created a whole plan um, of rolling out my, my uh, position. I talked to the CEO of, uh, of Zomato at the time and saying that I wanted to, to uh, create my own project. And uh, I, this, this uh, fade out would take like a year. But then the, the crisis came in and it hit, it hit strong. Um, yeah. And when it hit strong, we started listening to the government say, the Portuguese government say that, okay, everything is going to lock down. But when it opens, it will only be for with uh, bookings in hairdressers, in barbershops, in spas and stuff like that. In gyms, you have to book your gym because there's a limited amount of people that go, can go to gym classes. And uh, I you started, saw the opportunity there. Yeah, the opportunity was there. If I did not launch at that point of time, if I didn't jump in 100%, I would lose the opportunity. So you, you mentioned that the idea was in the back burner, right? Yeah. Uh, so this means that you were only thinking about it and you didn't do any market analysis, you didn't Zero. share it with your friends, or Zero. it was only for you, or, or well, you already shared it around with your team? Well, or? I shared with a, a lot of people, even with a, with an ex-colleague of mine that launched a very similar business in Australia. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I shared the idea with some people. I didn't do anything uh, actually to, 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 to grow the business yet. But how do you validate then your, your ideas? Uh, I think that's also very important for entrepreneurs because I guess you have so many ideas like every entrepreneur. Uh, how do you distinguish the ones that you think, okay, this is something or and this is, and this is not something? How do you distinguish this? So I, I, I believe that I don't validate anything. The market validates for us. I have an idea, I test it out in the market and I see if it works out. So we, we see if the market has potential to grow. Uh, we test out a very, um, a very like low cost kind of, uh, uh, of 
MVP to see right. if it works out. And if it does, then we put more time into it. So uh, I think I, we don't um, we don't validate. The market validates. So I think that's that's the idea. Launch something, launch it fast. Because uh, I think that was the... Uh, we were pushed to launch a very uh, raw kind of version of Xiaomi in the beginning. So we started working on, on, in May... Um, and we launched on the 15th of June, a very, very raw version of oh, Xiaomi. Yeah. Yeah? So as, as you can imagine, having just two developers or three developers working at the time, uh, launching in a month and a half was a very, very low code kind of project, you know, and, and, course, uh, yeah. and it was what it was. But we launched anyway. But it was the best thing that we did because if we launched the product that was in our head, it would not have been the right fail, product. Yeah, yeah. because gotcha. we launched something very raw. We went out in the market and we got feedback. We said, okay, what yeah. do you really need? Is this what you need? What, what do you want us to develop first? So uh, with that feedback, we started developing. And I think that yeah. was a critical moment for us because... I think if we had gone in a different direction, we would have had, had made a lot more mistakes than we did now. Yeah. So you had the experience. You you did in small. You released the product in small iterations. Which I I totally agree. I think that's definitely the way. But but still, you know, like you left a steady job, uh, which was Zomato, without actually knowing if this would work out. So just before we actually go to the building of the process, I still want to understand. Like, w weren't you scared about this? Of, of you have a family, you have right, you have you have kids. Like, would it, would you be afraid of of, lo of losing, uh, you know, your your stability? Yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, and and worse than that. I guess I am married. I have two kids. I'm over 40 years old. So yes, of course, there was a lot of, of things. But I also was scared to to maintain the job that I had because uh, it got to a point of time that in my head. I did a little bit, of, a little bit of everything, um, so I was satisfied with my 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 with with everything that I'd done and delivered in Zomato. So I think it was, I was okay with that part of my history. And of course, yeah. I I had an exit. I had money in my pocket, and mm -hmm. I could do one of two things. I can go on vacation for some time with my family and rest. And by the yeah. way, I'm not that kind of guy. Why I can get the, all that money and invest in something that is mine and leave a legacy of my own, and I think that's that's what we did. And uh, today, my wife works with me. My daughter works with me. She's over 20 wow. years old. She works with me. This is our life's project. So we believe that um, I've been learning all my life to implement this business. So being or, or maintaining my job was as much of a risk as launching something of my own. And yeah. I think I was not happy enough doing what I was doing. Not that I did not love Zomato. I loved Zomato and I still love Zomato. I think it was a, a big part of my life. But uh, I needed something else. I needed something of my own. I needed to take my own decisions, fail at my own time and fix my own errors and mistakes or, or, or collect my own wins. That's what I love about the entrepreneurs, you know, like it's, it's part of, you know, doing something is part of, 
your life. It's not like just a job. Like like you just said, Zomato is the style of uh, it's my lifestyle, and the same with Chirmi probably because yeah. it's part of you, right? And uh, and you 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 want to do things and you want to change the world, right? So that's yeah. what I really like about speaking with entrepreneurs. And um, okay, so now I understand you also had you had a, a nice exit, I guess. So some some backup uh, plan and backup money, and uh, so. The team, when, when you started, how many were you? So we started uh, around six, seven people. Uh, and today, wow, okay. today we're 14 people. Uh, 14 people. Yeah. And still hiring. How did you get... And still hiring. So how, how, who were these uh, first, uh, first seven? So it was my team. Uh, so uh, once... Uh, so I, we learned a lot in... The background is good. Uh, it is good to have. So the track record is very good to have. And working in a fast growth company, I think it gives us um, a lot of vision, a lot of, uh, a lot of good learnings. And right. one of the things that I understood was I cannot launch a scalable business or a fast growth company if I don't have the support and uh, of, uh, of um, a leading team that can take care of the verticals of business without me. Okay, so I can focus on product, I can focus on leading, I can fo focus on marketing because those are my high spots and I have the team that has my back and takes care of everything else. So from Zomato, I brought someone for marketing. Uh, from Zomato, I brought someone from subscriptions, uh, from the area of subscriptions and from content and also from finance. Uh, because one of the things that I believe that it's the last thing that any ent entrepreneur thinks about is finance and operations. True. But I think that's a huge mistake. If you control your finance from the beginning, you will have a more steady business from the start. So I think that's a learning that I did not have before and I had today. So right. the, the, the people that I brought with me were the backbone of this company. And also having um, a very relevant CTO. I think that's that's a CTO yeah. that understands product, that understands what I'm saying, that has the vision and, and also the, the background that uh, can make us work. So having a leading team was my first uh, priority when I launched the business. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. And uh, I know also when, when I worked in, in my startup that uh, I, I noticed how important is it for, especially for the CEO to have people that uh, he can trust or she can trust. Yeah. And um, in areas that, because for instance, maybe about the CTO, right? Uh, Alex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe you don't know that much about tech and, and it's a tech product, right? So you really need to have someone that you trust Yep. That knows knows about that, right? By the way, Alex was one of the the, the ones that created the best tables uh, almost 14 years back. So yes, I, I he knows how I think, uh, and more than that, I think um, uh, there's there's um, between me CEO and Alex the CTO, there's right. a balance there. So I'm a hundred percent marketeer, and he's a hundred percent tech and product. So yeah. he brings me back or puts my feet on the ground when it's needed. Uh, and he al always asked me, okay, if you want me to, to create this feature, why? Give me the why. And that makes us think. And sometimes I make him think as well. So I think the balance there is very, very, very important. So yeah. once again, leading team, 
I think it's one of our strongest points that we have because we can scale fast and I think we can grow faster having the team that we have today. Yeah, definitely. When I spoke uh, with you back then, I, I really saw that you had a great team and, and a great open mindset. And I think that's that's also what, what really attracted me to, to share me because I think the team, as you said, it's, it's crucial. Yeah. So you, you got the team ready, uh, people that you worked with for, for a long time, people that you are comfortable on on you know sharing your, your ideas uh, and failing as well, right? I think it's also important to sure. so that you are comfortable. To, to fail with and then um, and then you started building the first uh, MVP uh, that you said that it in uh, like uh, I guess three months or four months you're, you're already ready so what what did this MVP had uh, what were the first features well it had nothing it was basically a directory where you can let just search for the places around you and just call uh, if you find your barbershop, you can find it and then just click on the button and call. It was not a booking platform. It was nothing like that. What was the main metric? What was the metric that you were looking to see grow? Well, uh, in the beginning, it was number of listings because we, we wanted to, uh, to, to put in people's mind the scale of the business, okay? We don't want to work only in Lisbon. We want to cover the whole country. If you're in, in the suburbs of Lisbon, you should gotcha. be able to, to, uh, to book your barbershop or whatever. So the scale of the business was important. But after that, the, it, it became a business. And uh, we have four very... Um, precise or very very uh, uh, focused KPIs and one is the growth of our supply base or um, clients that are clients merchants that that are listed on sheer me and you right. can book and pay so that's one of the metrics because and they can create sorry they can create the the listing themselves right they can create their profile and so on themselves right well they cannot do it themselves yet we're still building in that into the product but they will be in the future so the listing is free if they want to uh, have their services live and with the ability to book and to manage all their bookings uh, right. they pay a percentage of each client that we send to them so they have to sign a contract with us and 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 uh, be clients but to be listed is 100% free okay so right and they can do it by themselves or do they have to call call you or something no they they at this point of time they just fill uh, a form uh-huh. and we list for them we list them and ah right and uh, or we find them and we list them because basically all the places or most of the places should be listed. If they're not, it just ask and we do that uh, for them. Right. And that was the main in, initial main metric, right? You you're yeah. trying to see if people would uh, fill in this form and yeah. how many yeah. Yeah. of yeah. people would be interested. And clients, because if we're building a marketplace, demand, supply and demand are both needed. So you had to have the listings, but you also had to have the interest of the users. And we had both. So that you would measure with number of website visits. Uh, and the number of people that clicked on the button to call the place. Ah, so yeah. those were the main metrics. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Tell me one thing, because this is such a hard platform for me, because it's like chicken and the egg, right? So you, so yeah. you need the... You need the stores to get the customers. You need the customers to get the stores. Yeah. And, but I guess you, I'm a developer. I really, I'm, I hate marketing. I don't know how to do it. But you know, right? You have this background. How did you do it? Well, we think we know. 
uh, we're always trying because I think marketing is trial and error. Uh, each time that someone yeah. asks me, oh, uh, do you think that this will work? And my answer is always, let's try it. Let's test it out. And then we can see if it worked out or not. Because assumptions are the mother of all fuck-ups. You know, yeah. let's not assume anything. Let's try and, 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 uh, and have the metrics. What was the first? How did you try in the beginning? What was your first trial? So the the first thing that we have to have is uh, uh, enough supply to be interesting for the demand side. Okay, so we have to have enough. You have to find enough barbershops that for you will be interesting. Okay, yeah. or whatever other categories that we have. So supply is the, always the first thing that we have to work on. And if the supply is good, the users will use uh, the service so after that the only metric that you look into is user growth so yeah first of all have the supply have the interesting supply have geographically spread out uh, um, the number of supply services that you have and then you will be interesting for the the, the user makes and a little sense so that that was the first uh, the, the kpi so We have, like I was mentioning, we have four KPIs, number of supply, number of users, number of page views, and number of bookings, because everything is associated one with the other. If you have enough supply, you have user interest. If you have user interest, you'll have traffic. And if you have traffic, you have bookings. So um, yeah. basically... What about re returning? Is returning users, is that also important? Yeah, of course, if you have, but that, that's another cohort. So first of all, you have to have a user base and then you can analyze if they're using or not. But um, growing the user base is more important at this point of time than um, pushing them to, 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 uh, to do the, the, uh, the, to be the repeat, to do the repeat bookings because that's built into the product. You have... Um, pokes and nudges that we do uh, automated with a product and more than that if you booked you have money on your wallet if you have money on your wallet we will tell you okay you still have 10 euros on your wallet why yeah. don't you use yet so that's built into the product it's not it doesn't have to be uh, marketing to do that but you measure it i guess you still measure it It's still not a metric that we are, we look into, uh, not yet, because as a full-grown product, we just launched on the 15th of June this year, or one year after the, the actual launch. So what we called ShareMe 2.0 was just okay. launched about about uh, a month and a half back. Um, so So we're not measuring those numbers yet, but we will very soon start measuring. Of course, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so uh, going back to our story, our storyline. So you, you, you basically shared with the world the first version, uh, ShareMe 0.1 or, or 1.0, I don't know. But, and you're just trying to see if people were, uh, if you could get listings and if people were clicking yeah. in, the, in the call button. Yeah. So what were the metrics? Were, were they... Did they ex uh, overcome your expectations? How, how well, it depends on what is what are what are your expectations. As we were building the product, we were not expecting to have great numbers. But on the first two months that we launched, we had around 700 people that clicked on the button. So that was well, like okay. wow, yeah, uh, something is happening here. Uh, 700 people clicked on on, uh, on the call button, and then we started noticing that the traffic escalated really fast of course we we had a lot of help because me leaving 
Zomato created a lot of noise. So a lot of PR around what we were building. A lot of people were asking what this was. Uh, so we got a lot of uh, PR uh, press releases and the media got all over us uh, when I launched um, when I launched Share Me and left Zomato. The people wanted to know, okay, what is this guy building? So that gotcha. gave us a lot of visibility at that point of time, but the product was shit. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, it, 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 it was kind of good, but I think a lot of people got the bad, a bad impression of what we were building. Uh, gotcha. of, of course, we also worked on media and press releases and and getting people to know that we are still developing the product and uh, we would launch very soon. Uh, you built this product, uh, you shared with your network, uh, which brought a lot of attention. It was great for you to validate, but also maybe not so great because people got to see the product without being, uh, you know, uh, tuned yet and, and finished and finalized. Yeah. But um, so with that product, how were you able to get a partnership with L'Oreal and investors? Because you also closed uh, your yeah. uh, a, a series or C no, round? C, 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 the three C rounds. Yes. How how did you convince you know L'Oreal and the investors to invest in something that is still not finished? Well, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> L'Oreal I think was the biggest one because uh, at the point of time we were. Uh, so L'Oreal asked for some uh, players in the market to give them um, quotes, and and they wanted they wanted a booking partner. So it was us, it was Walla, and it was Booksy, and they were analyzing these three. So Walla has six years old, uh, Booksy has seven or eight. Uh, Booksy just had closed a round of seventy-five million. Uh, euros uh, of investment. We were like six months old with a very shitty kind of platform. Um, the competition made uh, uh, a comparison of what they were and what we were. And uh, L'Oreal chose us. But they chose us because of a very simple thing. We are not a SaaS product. We are a marketing platform for, for a, to, to create new business, more visibility for their clients, not yeah. a platform to manage existing business. So I think that's what L'Oreal saw in us. I think the investors saw the potential that we are building and we're building something that it's very difficult. It burns a lot of cash very, very fast. But if we can make it, I think uh, it, it will be a huge difference for the whole market. And if, yeah. I, if there's a team that can do this, I would always... It's be, yours. I, I think so. I, can, I, I want to believe so. Because if I was an investor, I would rather invest in someone that has done this before twice or three times. That's what we already did. Yeah. We already did this twice or three times with su success. Uh, and I would rather put my money on these guys than on someone that just launched a business. And if I'm, yeah. if, if, if I'm an investor, and if I, I understand what we are building, Share Me is building, I, we, we, they clearly understand that we're not doing the same thing that, as other um, players in the market are doing. We're not a SaaS product. We're going the hard way, but we're very committed to, to being successful in what we're doing because we know that 90% of the market values visibility versus a SaaS product. And that's what we were aiming to, to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. makes a lot of sense. It's, it's a, also a great, a great story to, to sell to the, to the investors and uh, you, you are the one pitching, right? Most yeah, of the yeah, time. yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, all let's, the time. All the time. Okay. <laughs> so 
I, your experience is something that, of course, and that your team experience is something that sells uh, almost by itself. But let's imagine that you don't have this experience. Let's imagine that you are starting Shirmi now, but you are like, I don't know, 25 or something. And uh, your first startup, what would you use to sell this idea to the investors? What are your techniques, your tips? How, how would you sell it? So I think this market is very difficult. So it helps me having this experience and the people knowing my background and, and all that. But being a, a 25 year old, I think they in, in selling this business, it has to, well, they have at this point of time in the seed round in the early stage business i think investors invest more in the person and the 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 vision that he has than in the product uh, they look for is 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 this guy able to have a hundred guys behind him supporting uh, supporting his vision is he right. a leader that can lead 100 people to, to success, 200, 500. So I think that is the question of the investors. And of course, the business has, the business metrics have to be there. So you have to know your metrics really well, and you have to have the charisma, the leadership skills, and, 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 uh, and vision to drive a business to success. So I think those are the things that I would, the tips that I would give to uh, um to anyone that is starting a business because uh, either you're, and, and I'm, I'm talking specifically about what we're doing here, because if you're yeah. a tech product, maybe you have to have another, uh, another set of skills, but going uh, for a business that is B2B2C, these are the things that you need to do. You need to be a good marketeer. You need to have the tools and experience to put a brand out there and create a trend in your city, in your country, a trend globally if you can. And you have to have the power to do so. So I think it's difficult. It's more difficult for a company like ours, a marketplace, um, than for any other kind of tech business. Yeah, but definitely. Uh, basically, I think uh, any entrepreneur has to be a good... A communicator. It has to. He has to 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 be a good marketeer at the end of the day because he has to market his company. Of course. Yeah. It's no. That's a great tip. I think it makes total sense, right? You investors need to trust that you will you will handle everything, and and I think that's a great a great tip. Or if you don't, if you don't, at least you have someone that will. Someone yeah. that you that will. You know that you have the the. You're humble enough to say, okay, I'm a shitty guy at this area of business but i'm going to get someone that is 10 times better than me and also i think another thing that is very very good for for investors and and other people to understand is that you're you don't think you know everything you're always looking for more feedback and everyone can give you feedback people that are better than you people are the same as you or people that are in different areas than you always the feedback is very important and you're always on a growing uh, um uh, on a growing spree you know you're always yeah. searching for feedback what am i doing good what i'm doing bad how can i improve what i'm doing every day so if you have this kind of attitude also helps a lot and uh, I, that's a great great bridge for for my next question here regarding feedback because you said that uh, if you have if you had built your product 
without first get collecting feedback, it would be very different than what the users actually wanted. So tell me, what, what did you learn that you were not expecting about how your uh, product should look like? So I thought that this area of business was analog. I already knew that, but I did not expect that they were so analog. They were so resistant to change and so... How analog are they? Very analog. So if I would say that uh, restaurant owners were in 1998, I would say these guys are in 1983. So <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic, but, uh, but yes, I think a lot of them or uh, a lot of this area, they, they, don't, um, they live in their own little world, you know, and, and uh, technology scares them. So they need a company to help them do this transition. Um, so they understand, they start to understand that the digital is very important for them because it brings new visibility and new business. A barbershop can stop being the barbershop of this street and being the barbershop of the city or the country and get yeah. visibility across with digital. So they're starting to understand this, but it's, they, 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 there's a lot of hand-holding that has to be done to do the transition. But uh, but you're saying that um, that you learned that they are so super analog, and, and, yeah. you, and uh, now I understand. So uh, uh, my question is, how did that reflect in the product? So what features did you have to introduce to cater to this more analog uh, mentality? So basically, it's not a, a, a product; it's a, it's a service. Uh, so in the beginning, so when each time that we acquire new clients, uh, we support them with our support team f until we understand that they're fully uh, capable of doing everything by themselves. What do I mean by that? Um, if they get a booking, uh, they receive the booking on the booking manager, on uh, an SMS, and on an email. So we try to communicate in every way. But on top of that, Our support team calls each one of the places for all the bookings that we have today um, on specific places, on new places. We call them and say, okay, you got a new booking. Did you see it? Is everything okay? And they do. It's fine. But they feel the comfort of us calling them Yeah. Once, twice, three times, four times, as many times as they need to, okay, I already got the, the, the SMS, I, got the, I saw it on the, the booking platform, so everything is fine, We're, we have it. If we hear this two or three times, then we leave them by themselves and it works out fine. But this gotcha. support yeah. in the beginning is essential. Yeah, makes makes total sense. Now I understand you have to have a very good customer support, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so so now you you launched the Xiaomi 2.0, and um, you immediately. So how how did it go? You you are you happy, satisfied with the product now? Are you, uh, you know, proud of showing it to your network? Well, I'm prouder. I'm not 100% proud. I think yeah, still, yeah. I think we're uh, we're one uh, percent done, and I think we'll always be one percent done. Um, but uh, and this was a term that we used a lot in in, in Zomato, and I brought it to Xiaomi. I think we're always going to be one percent done um, because of the product has to improve, and the the way people use it also it changes along the way, and we have to adapt to that. So we have to have a tech team that is capable of understanding and giving us the feedback. Okay, we should do this, or we should exchange that, or we should automate this or this or that. So. Um, 
we have to continue to develop the product always in a way to serve the market better. So um, prouder, yes. I think we're still far from what we believe the product will be as a product. I think there's a lot of things we still have to figure out. But I, I think that's that's the way that, that those are the milestones that we all, all have to, to step on. And um, it comes with time and feedback. Uh, but, but yes, yeah. today I'm a lot more prouder. The product is, is a lot more aligned to what we believe as it can help the market. And we already saw, saw the results. So we, we grew so much in the past two, three months. And I believe we're going to grow a lot more from September on. Can you be more more specific there in the metrics and the clients or users? So we have fantastic metrics. We're growing month on month around 30%, 30 to 35% on the, on the growth wow. metrics that we have uh, month on month. So this means that probably we will, and we hope that we will grow more than 500% uh, this year. Um, the, the, the GMV is growing very fast. So every month we bring more value to, to, to the merchants that are with us. So um, the business that we bring to the, the customers uh, and it's growing every month. Uh, the bookings are growing every month. We have fantastic numbers like uh, um, the, num the, the, the average amount is around 48 euros that people spend. Um, wow. 17% of, uh, of people that use are foreigners because people don't like to talk on the phone. So 70% are foreigners. Okay, yeah. uh, almost 40% of the bookings happen after uh, the places are closed. So people are getting more business in at times that they usually did not have before. So the place is closed. I cannot pick up the phone and call. So they still do the booking on ShareMe. Um, there's a metric that I would like to change. So 89% of, of, uh, of people that use ShareMe are women. 11% are men. But we hope to change that very fast. Uh, let me see other... How, How do you hope? So some give idea? more, more, um, more products or give more visibility to bookings that men can do. So I think that's something that we're going to work on the future. Um, another, I think, interesting metric that, um, that we have is that um, north of Portugal has more bookings than Lisbon. And we have hmm. more listings in Lisbon than we have in Porto. So at this point of time, maybe people in Porto are going out more frequently to take care of themselves. I didn't know that. Maybe it's because Portugal, Lisbon is still on vacation, but uh, these are numbers that we have today. And Maybe there are more tourists in Porto or expats. Well, I have I didn't I don't have that number yet. The, the 17% if they're spread out in more in Porto or in Lisbon, I don't have that metric, but I will. Uh, that's a good one to have. But um, but also the traffic is amazing. We also we have over a hundred thousand page views per month. So this is wow. Yeah, this is. This and is, is this all organic, or are you investing in ads or something like this? We don't invest more than well. I'm going to I'm I'm going to maybe be a little bit bold, but we don't put a thousand euros in marketing investments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. So all like uh, word of mouth. Most organic, a lot of PR, a lot of uh, social media. Um, so yeah, a lot of things are bringing in traffic. Um, but yes, I think uh, I think we we'll need to invest more in the future. But right now, I think we're still living out of the communication that we're still doing and the interest that, the interest that people have.
But what is your uh, best uh, social media platform so far? Well, uh, well I think we're very Instagram even. Probably. We're very even between Instagram and uh, and uh, uh, Facebook. We still have very few followers. We yeah. have like nine k followers in um, in uh, Facebook and around ten k followers in Instagram. Um, but still, it brings a lot of visibility and a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah. Facebook, I think it's great for that for your target, right? Even though yeah. it, everyone says that it's dying, I think for for yeah, that yeah, specific yeah. target, it might be great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's super exciting, super exciting uh, metrics. And uh, so, what what uh, what are the the challenges now? What what keeps you awake at night? Well, uh, the numbers keep me awake at night. You know, we need to grow and we need to grow fast. Uh, so I think that's that's the main thing. Uh, and, um, and and that's the thing that keeps me keeps me most awake is that uh, if we want to be a fast growth company, we need to keep on growing as fast as we are today, or even faster. So uh, going to bed every day thinking, what can I do more? What I can can do better? And how can I grow faster? How, how do you feel? Do you, do you feel more stressed than uh, than you felt with uh, with your previous companies? Do you feel more confident? Uh, Uh, it's I'm always stressed and I'm always comfortable. So I, I'm comfortable with stress. I love <laughs> these moments. I love these moments of uh, uh, of the company that are chaotic. The, the moments that people are afraid of, they're the ones that I think I thrive in. Yeah. I love this moment of building something, of creating something, and of of uh, uh, passing all the challenges challenges that we have every day. So I think that's what what uh, uh, makes me get up uh, from bed every day and coming to work with a smile on my face. Yeah, it's uh, I can really feel that energy from from my side when I, when I speak with you. And it, it was such a pleasure to to speak with you, Miguel, and, and to learn more about Me and about how you're uh, conducting that, that business. Uh, as, a, as a last question, um, I think we already had so many tips, great tips for other entrepreneurs, but let's say that someone uh, is now starting their, uh, their startup What would be, if you could only give one advice, uh, what, what would it be? I think it's you have to be very relentless. Don't stop believing. I think, oh, oh that's, that's, by the way, that's my, my, uh, um, my alarm clock. Uh, it always jumps to from from that music from Journey. Don't stop believing. So I think that's the only thing that I can say to an entrepreneur. It's not easy. Uh, you have ups and downs, more downs than ups, but keep on feeding on the wins. Uh, it's not easy, but if you focus, if you if you really want this, and if you really want to make your business successful, you'll make it. You will you will do everything that you have to do. To make it, but you have to work extra hours than the other guy. You have to work more hours. You have to to put more effort, and you have to make a lot more compromises in your life than the next bloke beside you. So I think uh, yeah. uh, that's the thing. You have to be relentless. You have to really want to succeed, and if you have that quality in you and that uh, that want, I think you'll you'll make it. Yeah, persistency. I yeah, love, yeah, yeah. I love it. Don't stop believing. I, I it's really a great, a great tip. Uh, Miguel, thank you so much uh, for for speaking with me today. It was a, really a pleasure. 
Thank you. Thank you for inviting us and thank you for giving us the opportunity to showcase and, and, and to talk about ShareMe to whoever wants to listen and know more about our business. For sure. And I'm also, of course, very passionate about uh, Portugal, about my country. And we have so many talented people and great ideas and businesses that it's really a pleasure to share them with uh, my listeners. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, Miguel. And I will share uh, the link of uh, ShareMe and uh, Miguel's uh, LinkedIn on the description of this uh, episode. Besides that, I highly recommend you for you to take a look in episode number 41. It's another interview that I did with another Portuguese entrepreneur. His name is João Amaro, and he was the one that brought Donido to Portugal. It's actually the only store of Donido was started by him. And uh, yeah, it's a great story. And if you want to learn more about this, you can just uh, go and listen to it. Episode 41. And if you're a first-time listener and have no idea what this podcast is about, hello, my name is Tiago. I am a software developer that's trying to become an entrepreneur, and this is basically my journey. So I highly recommend you to check the first episode. It's the pilot, and you'll better understand what is my goal. Besides that, you can follow us on Twitter, and uh, please share this with your entrepreneur friends. I bet that they will like it too. Uh, this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow.